Dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That is Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over a decade. And each week we just call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week. How are you, Mike oh, Lawson? I'm so good. I'm so good. Let me tell you, Joey. I actually have this story. Well, I'm a little bit conflicted, but um, for the most part, I'm good. So I have this system for my personal budget. Um, and one thing that I do is I have, like, play money or money I can use for whatever, right? And... Mm-hmm. This money usually is used for like bars or movies or whatever like isn't on my actual budget. And to help myself not overspend, I will sometimes go to an ATM and pull out the exact amount of play money I have. And then I only use cash for the rest of the month or whatever. I've done that before. It's It's a good method. It works for me. It helps me kind of keep track. I actually spend less that way because I can see the amount that's left, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So – there's a shady liquor store on the corner near my house, and mm-hmm. there's an ATM inside. I've used it before, uh, and yesterday I go out to the ATM to pull out this chunk of cash, and this ATM is super slow. Like, you put in your pin, and then – I'm not joking. It might sound like a short amount of time, but when you're standing at an ATM, it's long. For like three minutes, it has like dial-up, and it calls to verify that the money's there, right? It takes a while to steal the information from your card. That's, that's, right, not, a, yeah. that's not a quick process, Mike. <laughs> so I've used this machine before. I know about it. And uh, where the cash falls out, there's like this little lid thing. Um, so it's like a little – I don't know. It's just a place where it spits the cash into it, but it has like a plastic lid. And so while I'm waiting for it to call up and make sure I have available funds, I kind of always play with the lid like – put my finger in there and then the cash drops right into my hand right yeah so like i normally do i put in my pin the screen says it's verifying i start to play with the lid thing and joey there's already cash inside the machine like the person before me left it joey 120 dollars yeah so i i kind of look around and i'm a little bit nervous but i just put it in my wallet Mm -hmm. because and You're so going to be out. on the local NBC show. Like, what would you do if you saw $120 sitting around? Let's see what these good Samaritans did or didn't do. Like, And then that ugly, yeah. gross Mexican guy comes out and goes, excuse me, excuse me, did you find money in that wallet? What were you thinking? Like, go on. This is so you so, on this. This is what I would well, think, at least. My imme- yeah, I kind of was thinking, not necessarily that that was happening, but I kind of looked around. But in my head, my immediate response was, I could give this cash to the guy at the liquor store, and it's going to end up in his pocket. Yeah. So his pocket or mine, right? But for some reason, I feel guilty because I know, like, my neighborhood is not the the best neighborhood. So, like, this could be somebody's rent money, and they just accidentally left it. Mm -hmm. But what would you do? (laughs) Joey, what would you do? I'll tell you what I would do. I would leave a note. Okay. And I would say, I found cash already in here. 
call me to claim it, but you have to know the exact amount that was in left in the thing and what time you got it. Right? If it's close to the time and it's the exact amount, then like that's the best. I mean, that's the best verification I can do. Huh. Well, I'm. I haven't done that. And then I would. <laughs> I would wait like a week. Yeah, and then just consider it gone. Yeah. I don't know. Like, part of me thought I could also tell the guy who works there. Hey, I found money there. Here's and you can tell him number. too. Say, yeah, if somebody say, comes looking yeah. for it, mm-hmm. why don't you give them my number? Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Or I could do nothing and just keep the cash. I'm thinking I know what you picked. Well, I mean, it's fluid. Like, to date, I've done nothing, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel a little bit. When did this happen? This. Yesterday. Well, it's not too late still. Yeah. I could also, I haven't been back to the liquor store. I could go look and see if someone left a note there. True. You, you can have to talk to the guy and say, like, hey, listen, uh, did somebody come in here looking for $120 or come in looking for cash that they left in? I would never tell him the amount, though. And just no, say, have never. him call me. Yeah. Because yeah, he'll remember then, when he sees him again, like, oh, yeah, that guy, hey. Yeah, but then somebody comes in and is like, hey, I left $120 in the machine. He's like, didn't find it. And then he calls me. Yeah, but look, here's the deal. On a spiritual level, that's not your responsibility. If he does that, that's between him and the universe. That's yeah, not um, that's not on you. On a spiritual level, is it my responsibility to hunt down the person? I make some sort of concerted effort. I <laughs> just walk away with hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, maybe it's my spiritual like uh, reward for doing spiritually good things. This was the universe saying like. You know, Mike, you've been doing really well with, you know, helping people and doing it might good be. work for once, the universe. It might be once you do a concerted effort to try and find the the person. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll I'd give also, you I'd, I'd, I'd also pay it forward a little bit, at least with some of the money. Yeah, give, well, I mean, I went to the... a homeless guy 20 bucks or something. I went to the bar afterward, and I gave a really good tip. Um, what's up with you? What's going on in LA? So I had a really, I don't, I don't want to get into, even though the story is, the story is amusing and I'll tell you off the air. It's, it's a classic Betty Batan story, right? Mm -hmm. But I just don't want to get into it. And so I will tell you off the air, but I got in a major fight with the parents over something so stupid, right? Okay. Yeah. And so I was just really, really upset about it. And so I was like, Whatever. And so, like, in the morning, <clears throat> I had a fight with him on Thursday. So, uh, I wanted to work on a project. So, I went to a friend of the show, Chris, uh, Chris's office, right? Mm-hmm. But I just wasn't feeling that the next, you know, when you're depressed and you're just like, I just don't feel like it, right? So, yeah. I just didn't care about my personal hygiene whatsoever. I mean, I took a shower, mm-hmm. but I didn't shave. I didn't put any gel in my hair. I just threw on whatever wrinkled shirt was around, horrible mustard-stained jeans or whatever I had, right? I look, I looked yeah. horrible. That's Ho- when you're destined to run into, like, your ex or something. I know. Meanwhile, by the way, the other day I hung out with um, the Nerd Herd. Mm-hmm. And they – I can't ever tell if they're trolling me or not. I think – I would think it's 50-50. But they were like, Joe, we really like the way you dress lately. It's very Costco couture. And I was like, Ugh. that sounds shady. That's shade right there. It's real shady. I know. That's why I'm like, fuck these guys, right? Yeah. Anyway, so um, back to the story. So I'm just, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking just hide away and wallow in my misery uh, at Chris's office and work on what I need to work on, you know? I don't, Chris's wife and my lifelong friend Mercedes never goes to Chris's office. Never. She's never there, right? And I'm sitting there chatting with the the receptionist and in walks Mercedes with uh, another friend of mine, Lindsay. She lives up north and she's in town for a day and they're going to hang out, right? And I tell them what happened and how sad I am and they're like, you know what? We're going to Jelena for lunch. Why don't you come with us? And I was like... I really love them. And I'm like, okay. And Mercedes is paying, you know? Done. <laughs> yeah, done. By the way, Jelena <laughs> is this super expensive 
super trendy restaurant in LA, right? Mm-hmm. I must have looked like I'm Mercedes Gardner, and they were taking me out for the day for my birthday. <laughs> because it's like literally like the most beautiful people in LA. Like beautiful, it's like a hipster like farm to table restaurant. The food was incredible, by the way. And she's just like, whatever you want, everyone. We just order up a storm. That bill was not small, right? And I was like, after that lunch, I was like, you know what? That really helped my mood. So I went back to the office. I edited the show. I was working on shit. And then she calls me a couple hours later. She's like, hey, we're down the street at a bar. Come on over. We're, uh, I'm buying drinks for everybody. And I'm like, all right. So I go over to this bar, and she bought drinks at this fancy bar, right? And then she's like, come with us. We're going to go to Mr. Chow for dinner, which is like this super high-end, fancy, schmancy yeah. Chinese restaurant. And, and you're like, go, are you still paying? Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> and and then yeah, it was me and, and by the way, because Mr. Chow is super fancy, like super fancy. Chris, Chris went to dinner. Chris, Mercedes, Lindsay, they all went home and they got super dressed up. And then me, here comes me, Pobrecito Joe, right? And and <laughs> Jardinero, you know, coming uh-huh. by, you know, sweeping up after them. Well, it was my last day, so they were taking me to Mr. Chow, you know. Yeah. The waiter mentions to them how nice it is that they have a male nanny. <laughs> Not even no, Mike. A nanny would be what? No, they must be like, oh, um, did his did his family die in a hurricane or something? Like, why are you bringing this man to Mister Chow for dinner? Uh-huh. Right. I'm not entirely unconvinced that Glenn Close wasn't sitting next to me. Right. Okay. I thought it was Glenn Close. Mercedes said it wasn't. I couldn't see though, really. So probably wasn't. Right. So um, I just saw. Uh, a super way leathery skinned woman with short blonde hair. I just assumed it was Glenn Close. Must have been. It must have been. And also she was, uh, uh, I couldn't think of a joke. Okay. So she was wearing Dalmatians. I don't know. Some dumb Glenn Close reference. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Out of every fucking movie Glenn Close did, you pick 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> I know. She's like this like classically yeah. trained actress, you know. Right. and Or even like, like you. You could have done, like, Devil Wears Prada or something. She's not in Devil Wears Prada. Yes, she is. Who is she in Devil Wears Prada? <laughs> the Devil. <laughs> Mike, that's Meryl Streep. Oh, they, they're they they're the same person in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to get hate mail for Dalmatians. I'll get hate mail for Devil Wears Prada. Yeah. So, uh, anyway... At the end of the day, I was just like, you know what? The, the universe saw that I was in need and so sent my millionaire friend to save me. <laughs> right? And it was uh-huh. a better day. Um, part two. So yesterday, uh, I closed a big deal. Right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was leaving the office after closing that deal, and I was in a good mood, and I started to see the world through the eyes of abundance, right? So I was like, you know, the world is great. I just, things are happening, right? And it's weird that once you're on that roll, almost like uh, when it rains and pours, whatever the positive uh, version of that is. Because then I was like, I had to kill time to meet someone at 5 o'clock, and it was like 1 o'clock in Orange County. And I was like, what am I going to do for four hours? So I was digging through my bag. I'm like, maybe I'll check my internet or whatever. My inter- Check my internet. Check, you know, check Facebook or something. And um, I found a movie pass for 25 bucks. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see a movie, right? Mm-hmm. So I go, I, I buy a 2 o'clock. There's a showing at 2 o'clock of the movie Spy with Melissa McCarthy. Have you seen this movie? No, I've heard good things though. It's actually really funny. I'm gonna tell you something. Yeah. Not every joke lands, but more more enough jokes land where you think this was a funny movie. So before the someone, movie, someone I, recently just told me that for the first time, like her fatness didn't play a character in the movie. Like she, no, she true, just happens to be fat. true. But they do, which I do love this humor. They do have a lot of like what a loser she is kind of humor, which I like that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So uh, anyway. Uh, I'm like, I need to use up this gift card, though, so I just, I'm going to spend the rest on uh, concessions, right? Which is, of course, at a movie theater, popcorn and a sure. soda, right? Right. And they're like, oh, you have a dollar fifty left. And I go, uh, what am I going to buy for a dollar fifty? And they're like, ranch dressing? Like, what am I going to do with a ranch dressing? Right? All, yeah. No, it's right there. Well, you can get a refill. I go, I'll tell you what. When they leave the movie, I'll get a refill. 
And then I go, okay. So I go to the movie. I get out of the movie. Walk, now, remember, my only reason I'm getting a refill, because, you know, these movie theater sodas are so gigantic. Right? right. It's like a bucket of soda. Yeah. I already have a bucket of soda. I'm only getting the refill because I hate waste. I hate waste completely. Yeah. So I go, what am I going to do with a dollar fifty in a card? So I go, like, I go, I'll go get the refill. So the manager stands at the concession stand. And I go, uh, hey, listen. And he goes, hello, sir. How are you? And I go, I'm doing very well. He's like, what can we do for you? I'm going to get a refill. He goes, we don't, uh, we don't give refills on the, that drink. And I go, well, I'm actually going to pay for it. And he yeah. goes, you know what? I like you. Give this man a free refill. <laughs> so now I have a free refill of a drink I don't want. And still I, I haven't completed my task of fifty getting rid of it in the card. I see you, like, sitting in the lobby drinking, painfully drinking the bucket of soda so that you could get another refill. <laughs> well, meanwhile, you know that at the, my next meeting, they were like, why does this guy keep going up and peeing? What's wrong yeah. with him? So why, anyway, why couldn't you just give the card to anyone who's about to buy concessions? So, so hey, that's what I did. About to drop $50 on popcorn. That's Here's what I did. Off. That's okay, what I did. Good. I told the girl, listen, because there was nobody there. I said, the next person that comes up. Take a dollar fifty off their uh, car. Now it's not instead of being twenty seven dollars for a popcorn and soda, it's going to be twenty five fifty. But she's like, "Oh wow, it's nice of you." Like, there you go. And I left, and I paid it forward, and I got a free refill. And uh, I also called the police on a homeless man. But that's a whole other story. What's going on with you, Mike Lawson? <laughs> well, Joey, I went to the movies. Oh, you did? Uh, this, yeah, this uh, Saturday we went and saw Steve and I went and saw this new Disney Pixar movie, Inside Out. And we were going to – okay, here's the plan. We're going to go to the 4.30 show, and then we're going to eat dinner afterward because neither of us were really hungry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, well, Steve was full from his gigantic glass of Soylent. Yeah, he does the Soylent. We had this conversation. So we get to the movie theater at 4 p.m. It's at this old theater in Berkeley. Like, it's it's been renovated, but it it's like the kind of theater that has, like, balconies, and you could tell it's, like, really old, right? And the setup is kind of strange at this place. So there's a lobby with a ticket booth inside the lobby, like inside the actual building you buy your tickets. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. the line for the ticket booth snakes all the way through the lobby and outside of the theater. I've never seen a line this long at the theater. And it's 4 p.m. And I'm getting nervous because, as you know, I will not walk into a theater after the movie has already started. Oh, we've all learned that. We all know and this. If it's busy, I'm not even going to walk in if, like, the previews have started. Because I don't – it's just complicated. So when we finally get to the front of the line, it's 420. I'm nervous. And in a weird way, I'm kind of also thankful because when we get to the very front of the line, we realize that the 430 movie is sold out. So after waiting in this long line, just kind of like as an impulse, I didn't want to be like – I don't know. I didn't want to like say like, hold on, let us talk about what that means for us. And so I was like, uh, we'll just buy the seven thirty ticket. So I buy two tickets to the seven thirty movie. Wait, what time is that? Four twenty right now. So, oh, but it was sold out. It was sold out. It was sold out. Yeah, the four thirty sold out. So just impulsively, I buy the seven thirty tickets, but I didn't think this out. So I buy them, and then Steve is like, uh, what are we gonna do for three hours? So. Uh, I go through my bag and I find a coupon for – no, I'm just kidding. So remember, we weren't really thinking of eating until after the movie. So we're not even really hungry. But then we contemplate going back to my house, but then we'll eventually want to eat. Do you know what I mean? Like it just it was just a stupid plan or unplanned, I guess. Um, but we do decide eventually that we're going to go eat something. We grab dinner, frozen yogurt, and somehow we burn through the time. And when we go back to the theater, Joey, this building is still crowded with people. This Inside Out movie is so Maybe popular. they knew you were coming and they uh, were like, I heard the famous Mike Lawson's going to be here from what some would call eyes. This movie is so popular and so many people How are, popular is it? Oh. So many people are trying to get into the building. They won't even let us into the building unless the theater for a movie was ready. So like – at the oh. door, they were turning people away because they didn't want that many people like just sitting around the theater. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that happen, by the way. It was really weird because usually they don't they don't care if you're an hour early because you'll go buy popcorn and yeah. you know what I mean. In fact, they try and keep you there. It's like those yeah. dumb video games for kids and whatnot. 
Right. So um, eventually we get into the theater, and the little theater that we're in has been renovated. Remember, this is an old building. It's yeah. actually pretty cool. There's like some good old like art on the wall, like paintings, uh, murals that were done on the wall. Yeah. Um, one of the theaters is like Egyptian themed and mm-hmm. just kind of weird. Um, but the actual theater that we are placed in to watch the movie has been renovated. And instead of normal theater seats, they have couches. And so imagine like a center walkway and then on either side of the aisle, there's two couches on each side. So each row has four split by a walkway. Mm -hmm. Okay, It's such an inefficient use of space. So like this row probably could fit like, I don't know, normally like probably at least 15 people. And now there's just four couches. So like couples are sitting on each couch. Well, if a bunch of Mexicans went, it would still be like 20 people. Well, the theater's They know how to pay people on the couches. What? The theater starts filling up, okay? okay? And I'm certain that this movie sold out. And I start thinking, like, what if you walk into this theater right now and you're alone? Like, what if you just come to the movie alone? Every couch has two people on it. Do you just sit with another couple? Isn't that kind of weird? Yeah, I don't know. Well, they they have something similar to this at theaters out here. And um, I can't remember how they handle it. There's a way of handling it. But, yeah, I think you just randomly well, you sit could, with like, another. If they assigned seat, So this was like Steve and I's couch, then I'd yeah. feel comfortable. I'm like, sorry, yeah. look at my ticket. But, yeah. like. That if, was it. That's what they do. They assign the couch. You're right. If That's the what they theater do. is full and you walk in and you have tickets, like. I want you to sit down, but I also don't want to share a couch with you. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, so I started getting anxious because people are still filing into this theater. Um, luckily, there was like one group of four people that all squeezed onto a couch. And then there were a few groups of three. Like I, there was right next to us, actually, a mom, a daughter, and a son. And they all sat on the same couch. But I feel like I like the couch idea for non-busy the movies it makes mm-hmm. sense it's comfortable you can stretch out whatever but i don't know for a, a group of uh or for a movie that popular it was it just cost me so much anxiety um but it was a really good movie have you seen it yet no i haven't seen it yet i don't you i don't have any free passes for it oh. well, um you know what's funny is uh you're saying this yesterday when i went to go see spy is it was one of those theaters that had like the big reclining seats and uh, like a tray in front of your table and your seat and stuff. Do you, have you sat in one of those theaters where it's like a big recliner and a tray and they, they recline no. and what? Oh, yeah. It's nice. Like leather reclining seats. And I was like, wow, this is going to be great. You know, I'm going to have a great time watching Spy. And I did. But of course, right before the movie started, God, this is my fuck. You want to hear my worst nightmare? Like this mom who clearly didn't care about her kids. With six, like, 13-year-old no. preteen boys. Oh, that's not that bad. No. Like, I would chubby, with... annoying preteen boys. They were, like, slapping each other and farting and then, like... <sighs> I would deal with that before I would enjoy, like, five-year-old boys. I feel like the younger ones are just, like, I don't know, stupider. No. I'm telling you, preteen boys, like, 12, 13... 14, 15, 11, 10 to 15, basically. Awful, awful human beings. Awful, awful. I, I hate them. I want to bring Hitler back to life just to deal with him. Shut up. Thank you. What What else is going on with you? Any other stories you want to tell me? Yeah, you never hear of this guy Nico Martinez and uh, this other guy uh, yeah. John Marti? Yeah, you said you were going to go to a party at their place. Yes. Right? And uh, I did, but I was also uh, yeah yeah. So uh, I got a later start than I wanted to though, because I was in the middle of working on uh, my special Pride Forty Eight show. But one of the things I wanted to do, I was, was in the public. middle of trying to spend a dollar fifty at the movie theater. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to spend this dollar. You know, remember that movie with Richard Pryor, Brewster's Millions? No. No idea. What you're anyway, it's a great movie, by the way. Someone should remake that movie, actually. So, um, 
I think that would, I think that movie itself was a remake, though. Brewster's Millions was about this guy, Richard Pryor plays it, who inherits uh, this from this mean uncle $30 million, right? Well, but he doesn't get the money until he gets, I think he gets $3 million up front, and he has 30 days to spend the $3 million or, or $10 million or it's something weird, and then maybe he gets $300 million, some big number, right? But he has 30 days to spend that money, but he can't have any assets at the end of it. And he can't just give it away. So the movie is like this comical thing of trying to spend all his money without having anything, you know, at the end to show for it. So uh, anyway, so it, that was me with that dollar fifty. Anyway, so Nico Martinez has his party, right? That was a long way to go. For what that was the party joke. for? Was it a birthday party oh, or something? Oh, you know what? That's a very good question, Mike Lawson. It's a very good question. I asked that question at the party. Let me get to the party first. So, but remember that question for later. I found out. It's ridiculous. So, I'm like, it's a potluck, right? And my original plan was I was going to wow them with some Joe Batanz creation, right? Yeah. But time got away from me and You're I was You're a lazy. decent cook. I could I'm a bit, yeah. attest to So, that. and I've gotten better since you've left. So okay. then, uh, I just couldn't get around. I couldn't. I was trying to, I was in the middle of things. So I'm like, you know what, though? There's this amazing, I read about chicken empanada place. No, just not chicken, just empanada, Filipino empanada place in West Covina, right? I'm like, that can't be that far from Nico Martinez. I'll go there. So I drive to West Covina to buy these. I'm like, that's a great thing to bring, you know? It's not that expensive, and it's, people can just eat it. Just grab it. It's great potluck food. And they're like, it's inside of a market. It's like, it was like, it was really, there's this Filipino supermarket I go to this Filipino supermarket. I w- Filipinos just must not like me. So I'm walking around this supermarket trying to find uh, Josefina's empanadas. There's like, it's, have you ever been to these? Like, you see a lot in Asian supermarkets where they have a supermarket, but then they have a bunch of like almost like a food court in the supermarket. Um, that doesn't sound familiar, but I understand the yeah. Idea. So that's what they did. So I couldn't find it. So finally, I asked somebody. By the time I actually find it, she's like, "We're closed." So okay. I was like, ugh, so I had nothing to take to, I just got some beer at the supermarket and I just showed up, right? Yeah. Luckily, I was so late that everyone had already eaten, okay. you know? So I just had beer and whatever, right? So I go there. First of all, I'm going to tell you something. This Nico Martinez and this John Marti, they have a nice house. Why does it's that like, shock you? Well, it's nicer than you think it would be. Well, <laughs> why would I think it wouldn't be nice? Well, I'm just not thinking about anybody's house. Okay. It's just... I, Go ahead. I'm not surprised that they have a nice house. Well, I, I actually never went inside the house. It was one of those yeah. parties where you weren't allowed in the house. You know, one of those parties. <laughs> I don't. Like, I don't want to speculate too much, but they're two homosexual men. So that's and they have two incomes, no children. Yeah, it's true. I, I'm, I'm. I'm not too surprised that they have a nice place. Well, they have one of these places where it's like um, I don't know what you call. It. I'm sure there's a technical name for it, but the backyard is basically a hill, right? Okay. So it's a. It's it's like um. Like a not graduated backyard, but like it goes down like a path. There's like a path that goes all the way down to the bottom, and there's levels. Oh, right? nice, yeah. So like when you le- said a hill, I was thinking like your parents' house. No, like no, no, no. Your parents' no, house no, is cut off by like. Yeah, I'm, well, imagine my parents' house, but they're at the top of that hill, and it's a very, very tall hill. So that's cool. a very short hill. My parents. Yeah, it's a very tall hill. So. So, like, you walk down these stairs, and then there's one level where they have, like, a table and chairs, and you walk down another little pathway. There's another level. Oh, nice. Um, almost like if you were, like, a 1980s video game. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. And with, and like, torches. And at the top, there's a, there's a donkey that throws barrels at you. Yeah. That was me. Uh-huh. They're like, oh, look, at look uh, John and Nico had, like, Donkey Kong come over, and he's going to throw barrels at us. Yay. So, I walk. I say hello to everybody. I'm being Mr. Friendly, and I walk all the way down to the bottom. So, Nico meets me at the top. Right? And he's showing me around to people. I meet this girl named Cricket. Uh-huh. And uh, I meet Cricket. I hang out for a little bit. I grab a beer. And Nico's like, let me take you down to see John. And this is where I get to see all the little levels and say hi to people. At the very bottom is this John Marti. And he's sitting there. He's like Socrates. Right? He's just surrounded by people. And he's pontificating about God knows what. Right? And Nico tells me, oh, these are all people, like, they're friends, like, from school. They're all people he works with. They're all teachers. So they all know our friend Danny, right? And so I – and I'm trying to be, like, nice. I'm trying to, like, get in on the conversation. And it's just one of these things where, like, if you're not a teacher, 
they just don't want to talk to you. Do you think it's if you're not a teacher or do you think it's not – or do you think that it's if you're not a teacher in their circle? Like could any teacher have gotten in on that combo? That's a good question. I wish um, uh, cousin of the show Richard would have gone. One, because I find out Richard has pre- – not Richard. Nico has spread Richard's Instagram among everybody. <laughs> that comes up later, right? Because uh-huh. I'm like I'm, – because I'm talking about Richard at one point. They're like, oh, your cousin. Like, Nico's like, oh, that's the one from Instagram. And they're like, oh. Like they all know, <laughs> right? So every everyone at this party had seen my cousin's dick. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, I kept trying to get in a word. At, I would get a word. I would go like, yeah, that reminds me of, a, of that time I went to – I played Foursquare in fourth grade. And they'd be like – Right? And so then I was like, okay, I got the hint. So I go upstairs, and that's where I meet all the non-teachers. Oh, yeah. Right? So, of course, I put on the Joe Batant show upstairs. Yeah. With me, yeah. Nico, and the non-teachers. You're In suddenly fact, a stand-up comic. You're like, what's oh, with yeah. these people? Oh. Well, you yeah. know, it gets better. It gets better. It gets better. Because <laughs> so when I was down at that bottom level, at the teacher level, uh-huh. when I was in the faculty lounge, at the faculty lounge, there was one guy and his husband. Right? Oh, oh, this is another character. One guy, a teacher at John's school, and his husband, Jason. Okay? And then there's this other guy sitting there, this, like, young, skinny, super dark Latino guy. Right? Mm-hmm. Named, well, I say, what's your name? They're going around, he's like, oh, I'm Noah. And then it comes out that his name's really Noah. But he, okay. like, but he tells me this, like, in a very dicky way. You know, it, it, I'm not going to – that's a whole rabbit hole we'll get into. I just don't want to get into okay. it, right? So I Like, did he whitewash his name and he tells people he's Noah's because <sighs> – Now I got to tell you. The guy before him was uh, named Roberto. But I was going like, okay, Roberto. I wanted to be all cool and Latina, right? I'm like, okay, Roberto. And I go, and Noah? He goes, actually, it's Noah. Like, as if, like, as if I knew this and then – you fuck this kid, up. right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I go upstairs. So you find your people. I and find when my people. Joe, I'm putting Joe, on. The, well, go ahead. When Joe gets turned on at a party, he's like, "I." Everyone's like, "Wait, why are you holding your beer bottle like a microphone?" Like all of a sudden, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> "You're on." Well, I'm, yeah, I'm essentially doing catching up upstairs because then there's uh-huh. this one. So all the non-teachers they hear me, they're like, "Oh my god, a non-teacher is talking!" Right? There's a group of non-teachers, so they congregate to me like Lord of the Flies, right? <laughs> and I'm I'm Ralph or whatever, and so like all the non-teachers start to sit by me. So like this one woman who she was a sheriff, and I start to, I, you know, I'm interviewing her in front of the group, and then of course, Jason, the husband of Roberto, comes upstairs, and now I'm Nico doesn't know this, but it comes up later. Jason is fucking my type, hot, like oh my god, I'm think Jason is so good looking, right? And then he's married to this Roberto. What a waste, yeah. right? <laughs> fucking wedding ring and, they, and they're just married too there's not even like even if all the money in the world I couldn't break those two up anyway so um, so of course once Jason sits down with the group oh the show times two right Right. I'm surprised a marching band didn't come in now let me answer <laughs> before I move on let me answer your question at during this I go what, what's the occasion for this party right we're yeah. sitting on this wooden balcony wooden patio or whatever you call it it was a party for the balcony. Wait, really? Yeah. Because it's new? Yeah. I. By the way, I found I mean, Jason. I will say it's... it's oh, how, oh, my God. How did you find him so fast? Well, I don't want to give a, give it away. But because okay. I'm a cyber sleuth. But I see... I mean, he has recent wedding pictures. So, like, obviously. Oh, okay. Him. Yeah. He's cute. He's not yeah. the hottest person in the world. He's well, not look, he was the hottest person at the party for me. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah. Oh, his partner's cute, too. They're probably adorable together. I'm sure the partner's nice. I didn't talk to him, right? Okay. So, Jason's just thankful that it's... Uh... Oh, by the way, he was telling me he used to have a podcast. Oh, really? A long time ago with a drag queen, and he told me he tried to join Pride 48, and he wasn't cool enough. I was like, I think you got the wrong network. So, anyway... um, so anyway, uh, it's a party for the the patio. 
Okay. Uh, but I will tell you this. It's really nice. And look, you you put a lot of money into a patio. You want to yeah. celebrate it being done. And maybe it's not like I'm going to have a party for this patio. It's more like now that the patio is complete, let's have a party. I bet they you that's sang, what it they is. Sang a, they sang a birthday song for the patio. I was like, Shut up. No, they didn't. Dear Shut patio, <laughs> happy birthday to you. And everyone brought the patio presents. Yeah. The patio was registered somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The patio threw a tantrum because no one paid enough attention to it. So anyway, you guys are just walking all over me. That's a horrible <laughs> joke. I'm so, so, so so, so anyway, um, well now eventually there's no A comes up because again there's no this is not this is he's not a teacher. Oh uh huh. No A is just this young guy that uh, hangs out with a bunch of older gay men, which I think this is why he was so snotty, right? Because he's just used to like older gay men just fawning over him. I think this is his thing. You know, he just hangs out with older gay men for the compliments. Yeah. I really do feel I'm going to really insult John here. I, I'm really worried about this. So, I didn't like this no way. Sure. Uh, so, so well, it was Nico. a bad first impression. Like, you also didn't spend tons of time getting to know well, him. Well, he came so. up. I tried talking to him more. He just had this real smarmy attitude about him. Yeah. Just like, like um, not even, I wouldn't say unfriendly, just real, like, smarmy. Smarmy is the perfect word. Just smarmy, right? And so, I tell Nico, I go, I don't like this no way character. And he goes, oh, I would have thought you would have been into him because he's young. And okay. I was like, no, I don't just like people because they're young. They have to be, they have to be like, I have to be attracted to them. Thank you. So anyway, I had a great time at Nico and John's house with the Joe Batanz show upstairs. They had this other friend. There was this couple. They were so, well, of course, why did I like them? This couple, um, one worked for American Airlines. The other one worked for Starbucks. They laughed at all my jo- They thought I was hilarious. They laughed yeah. at all my jokes. That's all. If you want me to like you, just laugh at my jokes. Yeah. Instantly, I will be in love with you. Um, I spent time with uh, John Ung. We didn't talk about it on the show. But did you see his tweet afterward? He tweeted oh, yeah, that we I, talked about you. Yeah. And he, yeah. Did you guys talk about me? Uh, very little. But when he said that, I was like, oh, he knows what he's doing. Because oh, yeah. now you're you're suddenly con- interested. Anyway, in- I had a great time at uh, Nico and John's. I was very. I, I would go back again to their party in a heartbeat, especially if this Jason is there, right? Yeah, I was. Je- I'm jealous that I didn't get to go. I wasn't you, even you know invited. What? You so. would have really liked it. You know why? Because there were a bunch <laughs> of like old uh, women there, and I know old ladies like you. Um, that's not a, that's not a read. That's not a read. Old ladies like you. Mike, many people like you. A lot of people like you, but in particular, the the old ladies really like you. Sure, I think you always remind I, them of their grandsons. I get that. Well, Joey, listen to this. John is a teacher. You talked about teachers at the party, so a great segue. Uh, beginning this fall in San Francisco, a San Francisco public high school will offer a course in LGBT studies, and this is one of the first of its kind at the high school level. Uh, And this is a quote from uh, somebody at the school. LGBT studies will explore the American experience of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, and agender individuals in the United States and across the world, said Lindsay Schlax, who's a teacher at Ruth Oswa San Francisco School for the Arts. Um, She said it via Facebook. Uh, specifically, the course is going to cover things like the establishment of enclaves that experience in the military and the head of the Don't Ask, Don't Tell policy, the overturning of the Defense of Marriage Act, and the Proposition 8 case, what's happening right now in the Supreme Court, etc., etc. Um, about 600 students attend the school, so it's a tiny little school, and of those 28% identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or queer. Um, and it's a school for the arts, so that's not that surprising because that's kind of a high percentage. But uh, in 2014, a part of a wide-ranging survey of sexual orientation among American adults, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention reported 3.4% of Americans identify as something other than straight. Uh, LGBT study courses are more common in higher education. Going to be done. So, what do you think about that? I mean, we've talked before about how 
there's kind of like a gap. So family history gets uh, has a place because parents report that history. Cultural history kind of gets trickled down because if you uh, belong to a minority group, your parents probably do too. But for homosexuals, that's not the case. Um, and so what do you think about this? It's so funny that you say this. I, I, I think I do think it's important. I think it's it's important to cover. I'm not going to say herstory, but I do think it's important to cover gay history and gay culture because a lot of I think I think the gay youth are starting to lose it. And I don't know um, if it's mentioned in this story, but one of the things not only part about gay culture, but I think it's really important to learn about the struggle during the AIDS crisis. I, I think I you and I talked, Mike, did we? Did we talk about the documentary like I was there or I was here or whatever? Have you seen this documentary on Netflix? I don't think so. Or We Were Here, I think it's called. You you should watch this fucking documentary, man. It is brutal. I think every – first of all, I think every gay man should watch it. Every gay person should watch it, not just gay men, even though it's focused on gay men. Uh, But it's about the AIDS crisis hitting San Francisco in the 80s. Oh my yeah. god, this is fucking drama, this documentary. I think it's called We Were Here. And I watched it. It's really short. I think it's like 90 minutes. And it to see... I mean, we know about this, but to actually hear people talking about this and to visually see what was going on at that, mo- at that time, oh my god, it was insane. And I think it's important for the youth to realize that because it's going to... Not only, you know, yes, you're going to get enriched by learning about gay people in history. Again, another documentary I would recommend, I think you have seen, is The Celluloid Closet. And I think if that stuff's important to, um, you know, uh, supplement what already we have culturally. But I think it's important so we don't repeat uh, what happened in the past that we learned about the AIDS crisis. I think that's really important. And just things in our history that are really, really important. about, And to know about who came before you, whether it be Stonewall. Because, again... It is. I mean, it's been so easy for me, and it's even easier for gay kids now. You know, not that it's easy, but it's a lot easier. Sure. And so much. Yeah, easier. and it's important yeah. to know who came there, before there you. There is a lot. There's a lot of um, uh, criticism of like the younger gay generation that I hear from the some of the folks that have lived through it. Uh, that the the young uh, homosexual doesn't really understand. You know what who came before them and they need to respect that. But I think that there isn't a lot of opportunity for these people to, to learn this. Like, so there's just not a lot of, you know, opportunities for these kids to learn the history. So I don't know. I feel like this isn't, I think it's really important. I think it's good what they're doing, but this should, you know, but here's the thing though. I'm not going to criticize the youth because, Young people don't care about any history. It's not like they're ignoring gay history. Then do, do you know any young – I mean there are some people who obviously are passionate about it. But like most young people are like, I don't care about – it's not until you're older that you start to, you start to appreciate who came before you. Yeah. I mean that comes with age. But I mean part of I, that – When I was 18 years old, I wasn't thinking about Stonewall. Right. But part of that has to be an education that's almost forced upon you. So like I'm, I was forced to sit through American history and now that I'm an adult and I under, I understand my role in, you know, local politics. No, you're right. Like I was, that history was forced upon me and therefore I can use it as an adult. But if I never learn it, um, I don't know. It's harder. I I completely agree with you. So 25 students have enrolled in this high school class as of mid June. So, um, hopefully that'll, that'll be, Imagine how much how much late how many how how much you would get laid in that class. Oh no, it's probably like a lot of like lesbians, angry lesbians. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Starting this fall, this school is also going to have an ethnic studies course in which students are going to discuss the non-white experience (laughs) in the United States. Have I ever told you, Mercedes and Richard went to the same college? And Mercedes tells a story how she's pretty sure, and and it sounds right. Richard was a year ahead of Mercedes, uh, that, uh, she, she took a, uh, um, she took a, uh, Chicano studies classes for no reason whatsoever. And she's like, I don't just remember. I think your cousin was there. Someone just in the front, just yelling all the time. <laughs> and Richard even agrees. He goes, I probably did take that class. That sounds like a, I think I remember that class where he and his friends just sat there and yelled all the time at, at the white man. Sounds fun. <laughs> Speaking of, a gang used Homeboy Industries as a cover. 
Homeboy Industries, a nonprofit that works to help former gang members move on with their lives, was allegedly used by some of their clients to hide illegal activity associated with the Mexican Mafia. An indictment released last Thursday said that the Mexican Mafia had united three rival Northeast Los Angeles gangs. The three gangs are known as Frogtown, the Rascals, and Tunerville. Which, what? by the way, as a side. Yeah, as an aside, I'm like, I think these were also three shows that were on the Pride 48 streaming weekend. Uh, <laughs> and they control areas in Atwater Village, Glendale, and Northeast LA. Authorities say members of the new gang conglomerate likened itself to, who cares about that? 22 people so far have been charged with racketeering, conspiring to kill rivals, boring. Uh, according to the indictment, one man, Santos Slim Zapata, indicated that he used Homeboy Industries in 2013 as a place to meet a drug dealer who owned who owed the gang taxes on drug sales. Another man allegedly wrapped a 38 caliber gun in a Homeboy Industries t-shirt and gave it to another gang member while on Homeboy property. Uh... While an unfortunate blow for the nonprofit, they have and still do a lot of good in the community. Homeboys was founded by Father Greg Boyle, who cares about Joe Biden, yada, yada, yada. The point is, this is the thing, this is the organization that I go to their thing every year. Yeah. And they actually do a lot of good work, but this is really, this is actually really sad because I bet you that they're no one's angrier than the other homeboys who go there because they're really trying to improve themselves. Right. So for the, someone to use this sanctuary for something like that must get people really, really, really. And that's the thing is they're former gang members. So if they find out, it's not they're going to be like, why did you hurt us? Oh, my God. Shit is going to go down. I, I'm very curious to know uh, how uh, the organiz- organization is going to deal with this. Because, uh, again, a lot of it's built on trust. Totally. So they don't want to start, like, frisking people. Well, it's unfortunate you know? because not only is the the work that they do built on trust, but, like, every nonprofit, when they're out raising funds, the people who are donating tr- have to trust that they, this money is going to be used appropriately. And so it's super unfortunate that a story like this might make people think twice before giving money to Homeboy Industries. That's what I think really sucks is, like, they're still doing good work and like they're when you're out there doing work like this and you're in the world where uh, people, you know, are doing things like this, um, mm-hmm. you're, I don't know, you're bound to kind of get your hands a little bit dirty with it. And it, I don't know. I just really hope that they don't lose funders because of it. Um, there's, there's, there's some hot gang members at homeboy industries. I, I father, uh, is it Greg Boyle? Yeah, he, his stuff is really good. If you he did a TED talk a while ago that is super moving. Um, oh, he's an amazing speaker. Have I ever posted? Maybe I'll put it in here. I think you maybe have done that uh, before. Maybe that's how I learned about him. Um, yeah, he is. He is because you know what he does. It's so brilliant. I admire as a speaker. Is he will give you a speech, and just, every speech is like this, right? It says now when it, I already know the tricks, but it still gets me. He'll tell you this hilarious story, yeah, and you're just like cracking up and you're laughing, and then use that story to make you cry, to like make you cry, yeah, totally. Yeah, and he, he does it every day. He's so brilliant at it. Oh my the god! The one line I remember, and I can never forget it. Um, he says like he talks about like gang members, like rival gang members becoming friends, and he's like, "Can I say this always happens?" And then he says, "Yeah, it does." Like, because you kind of expect him to be like, well, you know, every once in a while it doesn't. But it's just really powerful yeah. when he says, like, yeah, it no, always happens. Amazing. That's actually the problem with that organization. I wonder if you have it with if you struggle with this with the organization is clearly Homeboy Industries, and they're trying to work on this, actually. It's weird. They're trying to work on this. Is so – is Father Greg Boyle. Yeah. That, Father Greg Boyle is Homeboy Industries, and Homeboy Industries is Father Greg Boyle. So when he's gone – And he will be. What happens? Yeah, eventually he's yeah, going to – have to leave or, you know, something's going to happen. And it's, that's a struggle we had certainly. And um, when my boss said he was going to quit, there was a lot of talk about like, well, there goes, you know, the whole thing. Um, but our mission is bigger than one man. And I think the mission of Homeboy Industries is bigger than one man as well. So like to say that Homeboy Industries couldn't exist without um, Boyle means that, you know, they were just working for the – what one man wanted to do, which isn't true. So it's a yeah. challenge though, certainly because well, I'm certain there are people who give money because of father Greg Boyle, right? Yeah. Is it Gregory yeah. Boyle or Greg Boyle? 
They call him Father G. But yeah, I think it'll be like Greg. But yeah, Greg, like I'm Joseph Batanz on things. Right. Um, Joey, no one ever called me have Joseph. you heard of uh, Dolores Park? This one doesn't have a good segue. Yeah, she's a drag queen out of Long Beach. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, no, there's actually uh, the San Francisco park called Dolores Park. Um, it's kind of known for being a stoner park. On a normal weekend, they see about 10,000 visitors. People just go and sit and dance and do whatever. Um, Pride weekend's coming up. I'm sure a lot of people will be there for Pride. Uh, last year, I ended up sitting there for a while during Pride. Um, but after a lengthy renovation that cost millions of dollars, the north end of the park was reopened this last week. And people celebrated with a silent disco party. And we got tagged on Facebook, and that's why I pulled this story mainly. Um, our friend mm-hmm. Anthony, friend of the show, Anthony Antoran, uh, tagged us. Uh, it was such a – did you watch the video he tagged us in? I did watch the video. It looks so weird. Basically, people were just jamming out in silence wearing these wireless headphones. Um, So basically, like I said, they saw like 10,000 visitors on a normal weekend. And this park just didn't have the infrastructure to support that. It was like a big piece of grass with a solitary bathroom in the center and like no trash receptor. Like it just wasn't ready for that many people. So hopefully with the new thing, there's going to be, you know, more trash cans, some irrigation that makes sense, drainage that makes sense, that sort of thing. Um, but if you ever want to score weed, Joey, Dolores Park, just sit there and like three or four people will come up and ask you if you want to buy weed um, or edibles. Oh, that's where I'm going to go now. Yeah, just so you know. By the way, I read the story. Uh-huh. And there was a little thing in the story there. That I because at first I saw this video. For those of you who haven't seen the video, it's a bunch of hipsters and young people wearing headphones and just dancing silently. They look like a bunch of crazy people. Yeah. So some tech and I've some heard, tech company handed them out, and they were wires wirelessly all listening to the same song, which is kind of cool. Okay, and they're dancing. Yeah, and they look like crazy people dancing to no music. But here's the thing. And I read the story. They're like, now we get no noise complaints. I'm like, you know what? I appreciate this Dolores Park and what they're doing. I don't want to hear this horrible uh, EDM music. <laughs> um, but you know, by the way, Hungry Chola has a bunch of like famous EDM people following her. I don't know why. Um, but I don't know these EDM people, you know, blasting their music and their and getting on my lawn. You know, so the fact that they're wearing the headphones makes me happy. Yeah. I appreciate this. I approve of this. Go to Laura's What's Park. What's kind of cool too is every twenty minutes, Parks and Rec had like a short PSA saying like. I don't know. Remember to throw your trash away or whatever, but which is kind of lame. But I think that the idea that you could simultaneously entertain everyone in the park plus you could give important messages like I don't know the park will be closed next weekend for whatever or whatever. I don't. Know, I think that's kind of cool. It's also a good way to to make sure the audio quality is good. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan. I think more people should do this. I think all concerts should be like this too. Concerts. Thank you. Yeah, concerts. That's a concerts. that's a step too far, Joey. Yeah. What about a Sean Diddy Combs concert? Would you like to have that? Yeah. I mean, Tree Fitty. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's what a good transition, Mike. Yeah. Uh, Tree Fitty was arrested for allegedly uh, for alleged catabol assault. Police have confirmed that Sean Diddy Combs was arrested Monday at the University of California, Los Angeles, where the music mogul's son Justin Combs is a student and football player. TMZ first reported the arrest, alleging that Diddy got into a heated confrontation with a UCLA football coach after the rapper saw him screaming intensely at his son. A source told the outlet that Diddy approached the coach in his office and grabbed him. The Associated Press had confirmed that Diddy was arrested at UCLA's Acosta Athletic Training Complex on suspicion of assault with a deadly weapon around 12.30 p.m. The weapon in question was a kettlebell, which is a piece of weightlifting equipment. Although officials did not specify the victim of the alleged assault, they did confirm that no one was seriously injured and that campus police are reporting the incident. Um, Happy Father's Mike Lawson, Day. the question what a, for you is... What a what, dummy, though. What is like, your favorite Sean Diddy? Go ahead. I don't know any Diddy songs. Um, is is he in Devil Wears Prada? He is. Okay. He plays uh, the girl that went to go work at the for uh, the devil. Glenn Close. Um, like you don't put your son in football and then get mad if the football coach screams uh, at your son, do you? This is the new thing now. This is kids. Yes, Mike. I teach in Newport Beach. You know, so these parents. I had a girl the other day tell her mom "fuck off" in front of me, and it was awkward. And what the mom did nothing. 
Well, I feel bad for that mom for getting to having to get to that point, but like that's because she doesn't. You don't know that when you don't know for certain that when you left, she didn't get her piece. Well, yeah, but there's other things that I know for certain. I I know that I tell her not to do. I, I tell her to do certain homework, and she doesn't do it. Or the mom will be like, you know, she has a lot going on right now. She's going to go to two proms, and she I don't know if she can meet for a couple of weeks because she has two proms. And I'm like, bitch. Seriously, yeah. I have Asian kids who are going to go play for the president, and they're taking a test on the way there and a test on the way back. So uh, don't give me this right. shit. And, you know? well, maybe she could just take the SAT some other year. <laughs> Did you know that one time I was teaching this class in Irvine? This is years ago, a few years ago, 10 years ago, actually, I don't know. And it was the first day, so I've never actually met the kids in the class, right? I mean, they're there. I'm meeting them for the first time, but I'm and so that was my favorite. I'm doing day my because usual. They all still liked me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm doing my usual spiel right in the beginning. I'm you know yeah. I'm talking. I'm going like eh, this and this and this and this and this and this. And they're like, and Joe, why are you holding your beer bottle like a microphone? <laughs> <laughs> no way, there looking at me disapprovingly. And then uh, I go this and this and this and this and this and this. And I go, and then this kid's like, hey, what is this guy doing? You know, whatever, right? And then I move on with my time, you know. Mm-hmm. The next day I get this email from this mom. I'm so angry. I'm shaking. The mom said that? How? Yeah, yeah. How dare you make fun of my kid's voice? In front of all the kids in that class. By the way, he he known since he was like five years old. This is like a private group. Mm-hmm. And you embarrass him with his voice. He didn't want me to write to you, but it was I can't believe you would make fun of a kid's voice. I never met the guy. I didn't even know the the kid didn't even have a high voice. Okay. That she was furious. She almost pulled him out of the class. What did you make fun of? One time. I don't understand. Why did she think you made fun what, of I him d- if you didn't? Because I said, oh, and this kid right here, he's probably like, who's this guy? He's a weirdo, you know? Oh, uh-huh. And she took to me doing like an accurate impression of her son's voice. One time I did a magic trick for the class. Same class? The next day, different class. The next day, I get uh, uh, a phone call from mom. How dare you do a magic trick for the class? Don't you know that my daughter, my, my, my dead husband was a magician? And you made the daughter sad because she likes magic? I mean, because the dad was a magician and you reminded her of the dad. Like, Mike, this is what the fuck I'm dealing with. That's why I stopped. That's why I left the company. That's why I ended it. Like, fuck these people. So do you think Diddy is just one of these parents? He's just. Yes. Yes. These kids are coddled like nobody's nobody's business. It's awful. Anyway, that's my two cents. That's stupid. Um, What do you got going on next week, Joey? You know, I don't have a lot going. Oh, you know what? We record on Wednesdays. Okay, so uh, let's see here. I got. Uh, I'm. Oh God, here's the deal. This is the problem with everybody listening to the fucking show now. Well, I'm gonna go see Raiders of the Lost Ark with the Nerd Herd on Saturday. Okay. Right. So that's a thing. Uh, I might hang out with my cousin Richard on Friday. And then don't do uh, it. Next, I'm supposed to tell you not to do it. Why? What? Well, what happened? I'm supposed to tell you. What? Why? What? Well, just drive in separate cars or – I think Richard is awesome, but I've been told by you to tell you not to hang out with him again. I've told you this? Joe. Okay. Well, next week and... on next week episode, Joe will tell, <laughs> tell me how much he hates his cousin Richard and remind him <laughs> never to hang out with him. Really, you should drive separately or something. I really should. Well, you know, actually, because my birthday this year for my birthday, you know, my birthday is on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, uh, friend of the Joe, Daniel Brewer, has uh, already asked me for my Amazon wish list. Oh, nice. So you can all find, uh, I think you have to look up Joseph Batanzo on Amazon. If, if anybody's, if you're inclined to, I know Daniel J. Brewer, friend of the Joe, uh, is going to do that. But um, anybody's welcome to do it. You don't have to, though. I'll still I'll still keep providing my free amazing content. What are you going on next week, Joey? Mike? Um, well, tonight Steve is meeting my friend Jennifer for the first time. So who's Jennifer? Um, I've talked about her a handful of times. She's a little bit needy. She was my boss in Phoenix. And oh she yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I'm always nervous when I when I uh, merge groups of friends for some reason. So that's happening tonight. Uh, this weekend is Pride in San Francisco, and Steve has never been to a Pride parade ever in his life. 
So that's going to happen on Sunday for sure. And then Seinfeld just got added to Hulu, so I think I'm going to binge through that, um, maybe alternating between my current binge of West Wing. I've been doing the West Wing again. and Which is so funny because friend of the show Adam Burns had been doing the West Wing, and he'll like mention, even though there's not a lot of not a lot of surprises happen in the West Wing, yeah. but he'll say things like, "I really like Leo. I wonder what happens to him." <laughs> you know, like, like, oh god. <laughs> um, I really like the president's secretary. <laughs> or like, I-, I hope he gets. Re- I hope Sam Seaborn's all. I hope he becomes president. I hope the president gets reelected. Because yeah. <laughs> even though you see that there's, like, another 50 episodes. So he probably does. I, I really like that daughter. I hope nothing ever happens to her. Um, and then, Joey, my summer is pretty much over because Big Brother starts uh, tonight. So there goes the summer because it's on three nights a week. But I can't wait to uh, get in you it. You should do a Big Brother recap podcast. Um, maybe with Big Fatty. Big Fatty, if you're listening, the, email oh. me. Yeah. And if you're not listening, don't email me, and I'll consider our friendship done. <laughs> oh, I know he listens, but that imagine imagine that recap show, man. Right. Imagine I was like, like you, like, yeah, I really like this episode. Yeah, I liked it too, Mike Lawson. What about me? I kind of liked it too. Hey, listen, poodle, I don't want to hear from you. You know, like, uh, Joey, it was nice. And we just secured our uh, presence on the beginning of the show. <laughs> it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Okay, thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, yeah, I mean... Um, uh, um, um, um. Uh, um, Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.